And I think the biggest thing that people forget is they just think they can spend money and then they're going to, you know, ROI in 30 days. Right. Right. And the truth is, I mean, you know, we're in one of the longest sales cycles markets out there, right? People think that, hey, a loan is going to close in 30 days. But the truth is, the psychology of a consumer is they don't just one day wake up and say, I want to buy a house in 30 days. And no, then they put it on the credit card. Click. It's like, no, no, no. There's a process to this. And the sales cycle is long for sure. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Luke Shakula. Luke is our newest podcast host. He hosts the Loans on Demand podcast, which is now part of the I Love Mortgage Brokering Network. Excited to have Luke join us. Luke's specialty is actually helping mortgage brokers and loan officers build their businesses using paid ads, specifically on Facebook. And he runs tons of different campaigns for people all over the country. He also has a show where he talks to top producers and I think you're really going to enjoy his show. You have to go check that out. A couple of things about what we chat about. I asked him about sort of how he got into doing this ads. He was in the mortgage business as an originator. Some of the things that he's learned running different campaigns and specifically what he's finding works today for paid ads. Also in the Ask the Expert segment, I talked to Ben from Blue Mortgages on a reverse mortgage versus a private mortgage. Before we jump into that, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application, document collection, submission platform designed specifically for Canadian borrowers and brokers. Extremely easy to use. The app is intuitive. It also, as the person's filling out the app, it's figuring out what documents that we need from them and sends them a notification. It's got smart submission notes, so it pulls key data from the application, puts them in the notes, so it makes it easier and faster for your underwriter to underwrite your file. And then finally, it's connected to Lender Spotlight, which is the premier tool for searching rates and guidelines. And you can go search before you hit the submit button. And then even when you do select a lender, it will pull up saying, hey, just double check, are you aware that of X, Y, and Z with this lenders? Again, saves you time, makes it easier for you to underwrite files. Go check them out at lendesk.com slash Finmo and book a free demo. Thanks again to our title sponsor, Finmo, and check out this episode with Luke. Hey, Luke, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, man? Great to be here. So, hey, tell me a little bit about your background and, you know, how you help mortgage brokers and loan officers. Yeah, man. So I've been working in this mortgage space. Well, actually, let's take it way back. I used to work in the mortgage industry back in 2013. I got my job. No, maybe it was like 2015. I got a job in the mortgage industry. I worked there until 2017. No, actually, it was 2012 to 2017. I actually got laid off working for a mortgage company. I decided I didn't want to work for corporate anymore. And then from there, I decided to you know, start some businesses. So I thought I wanted to be a mortgage processor, a contract contract processor. I started doing that for a little bit, close two deals, realized, oh man, I don't want to do that ever. So long paperwork. This kind yeah, of sucks. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a detail oriented guy, you know? So I did that. And then next thing I did is I got my license to become a loan officer. But in that time, I was like, how do I get business as a loan officer? Right. So I started to check out Facebook ads. I was listening to actually Entrepreneur on Fire podcast and he kept talking about Facebook ads, Facebook ads, Facebook ads. And then he also had Russell Brunson on. And obviously, you know, he's talking about ClickFunnels. You know, I just like the marketing industry. I like what was happening. And so I started to try to run ads for myself. In that time, I realized I didn't really want to become a loan officer, but I loved marketing. So that's kind of how I got into marketing and becoming a marketing agency. Now we serve loan officers all across the US, working with 50 plus clients, just doing marketing for them, helping them grow their brand, helping them get leads, helping them, you know, go out and, you know, ultimately flip the status quo on real estate agents, because that's kind of my passion. I actually have a podcast that we talk about, you know, how can loan officers flip the script or flip the status quo on real estate agents. So that's kind of a quick overview of my background. Hopefully that helps. 
Right. Yeah. Awesome. And so I'm excited to have you. You're going to be part of the Isle of Mortgage Brokering Network. So we're going to be helping with the production of your show and stuff. So it's going to be awesome to have a, another voice, another perspective. And I love that because what you do is like, I've learned Facebook ads. I've spent money on it. I've done it. I can understand it enough. If I hire somebody that I can ask, right. I think, good questions, but it is not something that I think for most mortgage brokers, if you're listening to this, that you learning this is not the highest and best use of your time. Like sure. you can learn parts of it, sure, but to become a true expert, it's definitely worth having some kind of guidance on it because it's hard enough to just keep track of loan guidelines and the best sales scripts. And oh, and by the way, now I got to learn marketing. So I think sure. that's super cool. So give me an example of maybe some of the early campaigns that you did and what did you learn from those things? And then we'll get into more of the current stuff. I'm just curious about something sure. you did and then how that kind of played out. Yeah, man. So uh, the evolution of the way that I marketed, right? So early on in my time as kind of a marketer, in addition to just when I was first starting to be a loan officer, I was just trying to figure out how to run campaigns. And so one of the things that I thought, you know, obviously up front and what all marketers kind of think is like, hey, you want to get the cheapest lead, right? And that was what I thought at the beginning. I quickly realized that getting a short form lead that was very low quality, very low intent was not what loan officers wanted. And it's not what I wanted either. Right. So over time it was like, Hey, I was running short form leads, you know, and then I figured out how to run long form leads. And I figured out how to optimize for credit scores. Then I figured out, Hey, you know what? Most loan officers suck at follow-up. So integrated a CRM with that. Oh, most people don't know how to sell cold leads. So then we have coaching on that. They don't know how to leverage the leads to go out and get more referral partners. So it's like, all right, we have coaching now on those aspects. So I was kind of the evolution of that. And just to kind of give you a quick story, I remember going back to some of the original ads I was running. And one of the ads I run was like some weird meme ad that was like, I don't even remember what it was, but it was so funny. I was like laughing at like how bad it was. But hey, you know what? You know, you live in that. But I always say launch and learn. I mean, but you've been doing now tons and tons of. So like, what do you think, like on a yearly basis, would you guys be managing ads? What kind of ad spend? Yeah, over a million dollars a year is what we're managing at this point. So the thing about a million dollars a year in ad spend is that there's a lot of learning that happens. And because the environment's dynamic, Facebook changes algorithms, you know, market stuff changes. You're able to take that learning across multiple markets and then apply those lessons to improving the campaigns and the ads and stuff. So, yep. you know, cause I did Facebook for a while for my training company that I had or that I have. And then I got shut down. Like Facebook banned me. I don't know if I told you the story, but they, they were, they were like, give me the ban hammer. They're like, Hey, you're talking about mortgages. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not selling yeah. mortgages. I'm right. talking to mortgage brokers. And then they literally, I go in there now and it's like, I'm not even allowed to have a business manager account. It's like, you think I was like, selling, you know, puppies for people to eat or something. Right. And it was just because the word mortgage was in there. And then, so then I had to pivoted my business away from the ads, but my wife's business, she does sourdough and the Facebook ads have worked fantastic for that business. Yeah. So, yep. and I know mortgage brokers who have had good success using Facebook ads. Yep. So what's one thing about running Facebook ads that most people don't understand, or what's the kind of the biggest misconception that you see when somebody decides, Hey, you know, I'm a good at what I do. I want to get some more people. What is the biggest thing you see there? I mean, I think one of the biggest issues that people get when they want to buy leads in general, right? Any sort of internet leads, any lead that is not a referral is they don't understand that it's a different sales process, a different conversion process. These people don't know, like, and trust you. And so the big thing that people forget or they think that they can just spend a bunch of money and that business is just going to come in. And it, like, that's just not how it works, right? You have to have systems, you have to have processes, you have to understand that you fundamentally have to change the way you do business and the way you systemize your processes for this type of marketing. I'm not saying that you have to change everything, but I'm saying for this specific process, you need to change the way you talk to them, you need to change the way you follow up with them, you need to change the way you nurture them over time, because these people don't have borrowed trust, right? And so when you think about a referral, the people that are getting referred to you already have this borrowed trust that comes along with 
the person that referred them, right? They already trust you because the person that they got referred by, they already trust that person, right? So you don't have to build that. They know who you are. They know that you're a trusted partner. And so you just have to be competent, to be honest. You have to be competent to close a referral. You have to be good to close a lead. And so you have to understand that you have to improve your sales ability, your scripting. You need to improve your systems. You need to have more touches involved. You need to have a CRM, you need to track, but it's a way to build your business in a way that's not entirely dependent on referrals and also allows you to leverage these you know, pre-approved buyers to get more referrals, right? So it's a way to kind of, you know, have another avenue of business, but also have a way to, you know, get more referrals and to bring more value to your referral partners and things like that. And I think the biggest thing that people forget is they just think they can spend money and then they're going to, you know, ROI in 30 days. Right. Right. And the truth is, I mean, you know, we're in one of the longest sales cycles markets out there, right? People think that, Hey, a loan is going to close in 30 days, but the truth is, the psychology of a consumer is they don't just one day wake up and say, I want to buy a house in 30 days. And no, then they put it on the credit it. card, click. It's like, no, 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 there's a process to this. And the sales cycle is long for sure. Right. Well, and people forget that like there's a whole buyer's journey that especially if they're referral only, that they are not seeing. They don't see this 18 to 24 months decision-making process. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're going on Zillow. They're going on realtor.com. They're going on these sites and they're checking out houses. They're talking to their mom. They're talking to their dad. They're talking to their friends. They're saying, Hey, you know, what does it look like to buy a home? And that's taken them probably two years, one to two years before right. they're actually ready to move forward with the purchase. So you think that by, you know, generating ads, we're like magicians and we're going to create leads that are going to convert in 30 days. Yeah, there's some of those people out there, but that's probably, you know, two to 3% of the entire market is ready to buy today, right? Right. You know, when I used to do Facebook ads and I had Facebook ad coach and she used to say, I'd be like, hey, I put up this ad. It's been a week. It's not working. And she's like, Scott bring the data, not the drama. Like you'd get so worked up. Like there's not enough data. How much traffic have you had? Well, not that much. You know, you had four people. I was like, okay, you don't have enough data to know whether or not right. this is even. And too often people have a very short expectation of how quickly this stuff should work. I mean, if you're selling sure. something that's click to buy, sure. You can run those campaigns and you pretty right. quickly figure out when you're selling something like a mortgage that could have a three, six, nine month cycle, you have to have a different expectation going mm-hmm. in and you have to have for sure follow-up systems are critical. Like, right. so we run Facebook ads for my wife's startup business. And honestly, the Facebook ads basically break even. Sure. Like, so we have a self-liquidating funnel, as you call it, but we make money because the follow-up email sequences and the campaigns that we run. Personally, if we didn't do that because it's low ticket, right? You know, the stuff we're selling is low ticket. If we didn't actually have good follow-up campaigns, we wouldn't make any money. We'd be like, okay, right. you know, so it's understanding whatever the platform is, whether it's Facebook or these other things. And then having a realistic timeline of setting expectations. And then, like you said, scripts, sales processes, follow-up processes, critical, speed to lead. You know, like that's something that's really important. If you're going to do paid leads, if you're not quick to get back to them, they're going to go. Like if they are serious, they're gone to the next person who gets back to them quicker. So Right. Well, there's a lifetime value as well you got to think about too. And the fuzzy ROI of one, being able to refer to your realtor partners and two, being able to pull referrals out of the people that you close off the leads, right? So those are two different ways that you can pull more referrals. In addition to that, I mean, the average home buyer, as far as I'm aware, does I think five to seven lifetime transactions. So if you're good with your database and you manage your database, you got to think about this as not one transaction, but you think about this as three, four or five, six transactions over the time. Right. Anyway. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. There was a guy I interviewed just recently who's done some bot leads and get this. So it goes back to the system. So he paid for 720 leads. I think he's using Zillow. He closed 280 mortgages. He generated 316 referrals from those 280 and closed another 193 mortgages. 
And so like the thing is, is that on the front end, buying the lead, it was the first step of a multi-step process. It was mm -hmm. the follow-up. It was the close. It was a generated referral. And so again, if you're going to play in this pool, this pond, you got to understand that's how this game works. It's not right. a one-to-one. -one. It doesn't, it used to, like I have a buddy who made millions of dollars on Facebook when it first came out, but he was selling right. stuff now that would be, Facebook would ban him for it. Not that he was doing anything illegal, but these are some sketchy products. Hey, you can be three inches taller. Like, <laughs> really? You're not going to get three inches taller with some pills. Like, you know, anyway, there's nothing against this guy. He's a brilliant guy, but you know, he, that stuff doesn't fly. And so many more people are in this space. So it's more expensive now. The ad yep. costs are higher, you yep. know, yeah, attention is harder to get. And there's so a lot of restrictions, stuff. like you mentioned, right? The changes. I mean, the one thing you mentioned earlier was there's changes all of the time. And if you think about it from the standpoint of Every single time there's a change, you have to learn the new algorithms you have to learn. And they've taken away a lot of the targeting. And it used to be much easier to set something up. Like four or five years ago, you could get something up and get $5 leads. Nowadays, you have to set up a domain. You have to register the domain. You have to make sure that it's verified by Facebook. You have to set up separate tracking because now the pixel, because of iOS 14, there's like so many other steps and technology that needs to be involved. Whereas like, you know, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, it was like, you set up an ad and it starts tracking immediately. And it's like pretty simple, right? Like you can do it really simply, but it's just gotten a lot harder for the average Joe to pick up an ad and just, you know. And just try it. to run with it without some kind of support on it. So, so we talked about kind of before. So what have you found? So in the last sort of three months in particular, what have you noticed with interest rates going up? What kind of campaigns are you finding that are getting traction? Yeah, the biggest thing that I think people need to understand is, I mean, again, it's still a long-term game. We're building a purchase pipeline, and sometimes these people are a little nervous, right? I think the whole market in general is a little bit more nervous. It's harder to get people in contract. It's harder to get people, you know, to be approved for a property value that, you know, they want to be approved for. So I think part of it comes down to just being a little bit more patient, building that pipeline, understanding that, you know, these people are going to be ready to buy at some point, right? These are buyers, maybe six months. That's one thing. But the other thing too, is to, in a market like today, like, how do you stand out from everybody else? How do you stand out from the crowd? And I think doing this, you need to focus on some branding. You need to have multifaceted approach to grow your business. Because I was just talking to one of our clients the other day and you know, he did I don't know, 60 million last year. And he's like, man, I'm working 60 hours to get 10 loans a month. This has like been a top 1% producer for the last, you know, 20, 30 years or however long he's been in the industry. He's like, yeah. man, I'm working 60 hours to get 10 to 12 loans. And I was, you know, doing 25, 30 loans last year and, you know, yeah. working 60 hours. So he's doing yeah. the same amount of work and getting half the amount of volume, if not a third of the volume. Right. So yeah, that's, that's what I've harder, noticed. Too. It's, it's harder, much harder. Yeah. It's just harder in general. The market's harder, right? So to expect that the leads are going to be miraculously not the same reflection of the market, that's what people have to understand is marketing typically is just a reflection of the market. So yeah. you got to understand that like, okay, the market's hard right now. So it's going to be hard to get, you know, leads that are going to be able to buy today. Yeah. Some of these people are like, there's people that have to buy. I mean, at the end of the day, people have to buy, people have to refinance. It's just going to happen regardless of how high the rates are. But that being said, it's just not 2020 and 21 anymore. Yeah. They're not going to just fall in your lap, right? right. Like, especially if you're an experienced broker. We're talking about retargeting campaigns. So that's something that most people kind of don't understand or underappreciate. So explain what it is and then how they work, because we use them for, like I say, for my wife's business and they're actually pretty effective. Yeah. From a mortgage perspective, I'll just be completely transparent. For the last two years, I haven't done a ton of retargeting because of when you just retarget with more of the same thing for mortgage, it just typically costs more money. 
Right. Uh, what we have shifted to recently is running branded ads. So what we're doing is we're building up a pipeline, building up basically, let's say, an audience of people that are interested in buying. And then what we do instead is we just put a bunch of branding ads in front of them. We put like a picture of you, you know, with your family or on the latest vacation, or we do a little video with you introducing yourself, talking about how you think about the market, you know, things like that. And then just putting those ads in front of them. So you're seeing everywhere. Right. And when the thing with that too is it takes time to build your brand. Three to six months of commitment to do that. But over time, you're going to see the repercussions and you're going to see the benefits of a branding type of a campaign, right? Where you're being seen everywhere. Right. Think about like, you know, the people that are on the bus stop and you know, on yeah, I'm thinking of the billboards. So like there's a billboard, there's one part of town where because not everywhere you can have billboards here and it's full of billboards. Mm-hmm. But the difference with doing this on Facebook is is that the billboards follow people and they follow right. people that you're have targeted, right? So right. it's like, hey, I got a billboard. I'm going to follow you around with it. It's like, hey, sit over your house. Here I am again. And then you're right. So that's a totally different strategy than mm-hmm. if you compare it to that, it's actually much more effective because it's personalized. You know, it's much more focused in terms of the audience that you want to go after. So that's yeah. pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And you can upload lists too, right? Like if you want to have, you know, want to target your ideal list of referral partners, right? You can actually upload lists of people and target them with relevant ads to them. And so again, you can have, you know, maybe in your area, you can go pull a, a list of all the referral partners or sorry, realtors in your area. And you can actually upload that list and run ads. You know, the match rates probably going to be about 40 to 50%, but you're going to be able to run ads to these people over time. And they're going to start to see you. And then when you call them like, Oh, you're the guy that keeps following me around on Facebook. Like they say yeah. you're everywhere, but it's like, no, I'm where you are. I'm like not following right. everyone. I'm following you. Right. That's really good. Okay. So let's talk about the podcast now, because we've got a podcast that we're putting in our network and sure. uh, you've been getting good traction with it. So tell me about your show. What can people expect if they go check it out? Yeah, so typically what we do is we interview good producers, high producers, people that are doing things typically outside the box. It doesn't always have to be that way, but typically we're looking for people that are doing things a little bit differently than the typical way of doing things, right? Than just the cold calling realtors on Monday and doing that sort of thing. So the premise of the show is, hey, we help loan officers put the status quo on real estate agents, put loan officers in the driver's seat. And again, the reason for that is because I just feel like for so long, loan officers have kind of been second tier on the totem pole, especially, you know, in the US in regards to status, right? So realtors, yeah, they know like, hey, that like, yeah, exactly. What have you done for me lately? You know, you owe me kind of thing. Right. So yeah, right. Like do whatever I want. And, you know, so then of course they're having to do pre-approvals at nine o'clock at night, things like that. And obviously if you have a good business, you don't necessarily have to do that. But I know a lot of loan officers that just kind of have to do whatever they they need to. And so it's like, how can loan officers add value to real estate agents so they're not beholden to them? And this is not a strategy to say you don't want to work with real estate agents. It's how do you shift the power so that either they're coming to you to work with you because they see how much value you're bringing, or you come into this as a true partnership. And really that's what it should be is it should be, Hey, you know what, we're working together and we want to grow each other's business. That's what we're trying to do. Right. Again, just going back to one of our clients, he's like, man, I gave this realtor 11 transactions last year. Like, that's like $60,000 in income that you gave that one realtor partner. He's like, yeah, but this person actually gets my people into contracts and these realtors just don't follow up. They don't get them into contract. They don't follow up and have the conversations. And so it's a big shift in the dynamic of, Hey, I'm just going to call you and say, Hey, let's meet for coffee, but have nothing. Yeah, like, can be my have. friend kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Please uh, send me some referrals instead of right. saying, no, no. Yeah. And that's, I like that. I, the whole concept of flipping the script on them. So what's the show called? I know what it's called, but I'll let you, you know. Yeah. So it's called the loans on demand show or loans on demand podcast. 
began the show where we helped loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents, put loan officers in the driver's seat. So I got that memorized, you know. Uh, yeah, but- you said that a few times. I bet not in the show, but I can just tell that's the script you yeah. said. So basically, you'll be able to find it in your networks. You're going to see us sharing it on our networks because we're excited to have you join and help you get in front of some more audiences. And I think it's going to be amazing. So and also the other thing to touch on, you know, we've been chatting with Ryan at the 10 Loans a Month Academy and then just two things. One is the potential you're going to be doing some stuff in the academy. So keep your eyes peeled on that for anybody who's in our academy. And the second thing is, is that you have this flip, what is it called? Where people flip can go find out quo.com. Flip the status quo.com and you can find out about how you can work with Luke and his team and use ads as part of your business. And again, a couple of things, if you're considering it, one, make sure that you're playing the long game, that you understand that this, two, that you have good systems or that you are willing to put in good systems and follow-ups. I think if you do, I know brokers and loan officers that do fantastic using paid ads, but if you play at it, you probably, it's not worth Like just, if you're going to do it, commit to it, make sure that you're going to commit to what's required. And I think it can be a great strategy for people if they're committed and not just like, oh, I'm going to try it for a week. Don't bother. Like, it's not going to work, right? So right. that'd be like right. saying to you, hey, I want to build a referral-based business. I'm going to make phone calls for one week and then I'm going to be sit back and, no, you're not. Even a referral-based business is going to require more effort and energy than that. You're going to have to do it's the consistency over time that creates yep. the result. So that's with anything. Um, I think that's with yeah. anything, right? I mean, that's been one of the trends with some of the podcasts that we've been having recently is like, what is really the secret? And most of these people are like, we do the basics. It's consistency over time. That yeah. is why we win. That's why the top producers are winning. It's not because they have the newest shiny object. It's not because they're the best at whatever. It's like they are best at doing the basics. The stuff following up that with their most database. people don't want to do every day. Yeah. Right. Following up with their database, calling their realtors, doing check-ins, having a good process, having a good system for a smooth loan process so that you know, you're not losing people throughout the process. Yeah. That is what the good top producers are doing. And yeah, sure, they might be good at TikTok. They might be good at YouTube. They might be good at this. They might be good at that. But like, at the end of the day, those people all still come back to the basics. And those are things that are like ancillary. These are things that are going to expand their business. It's not something that replaces what they're already doing. Yeah, that makes totally, sense. I totally agree. Yeah. So check out loans on demand. You're going to hear a lot more from Luke in the coming weeks and months, dude, I'm excited to work with you Me too. and check out that flip the status If you want to find out more about Luke and his company and helping you scale your business. Thanks brother. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. A couple quick things. First, if you are wanting to find out more about the 10 Loans a Month Academy, go to 10loansamonth.com. That's the number 10. You can get on the wait list. We open the doors a few times a year to give you access to some of our amazing coaches. These are all top producing mortgage brokers that have a particular set of skills. Go check that out. And in this upcoming segment, I talked to Ben McCabe from Bloom on a reverse mortgage versus a private mortgage. Hey, Ben, welcome back to Ask the Experts. Hey, Scott. Hey, so we were just talking for turn the recorder. Let's talk about reverse mortgages versus private mortgage. You know, one of the things that's been happening recently anyway is rates have been going up everywhere, especially on the mix side of we've been seeing that going up. And so tell me about what you've kind of seen there. Yeah, I mean, as you said, rates are going up across the board and we're no exception. Around this time last year, we were around 5% for a five-year fixed reverse mortgage and it's closer to seven these days. So, you know, as reverse mortgage rates are kind of getting up maybe a little bit closer to those private alternatives or kind of in the same ballpark, but there are still, you know, a number of really, really important advantages of reverse mortgages over, you know, private or alternative mortgages, even at the same interest rate. So I want to talk about kind of what those key advantages are. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And actually, I think that you're going to see the private mortgage stuff, like we were chatting before, there's a bit of a liquidity crisis in the B space right now. And so that's going to force rates up in order to attract capital. Because if you yeah. want to get more money, you got to raise the rates, the returns, money will flow into it. 
So talk to me about what are some of the things when you're comparing these two things? Yeah. So number one is that, yeah, rates have crept up over the last few months, but they're not going to stay high forever, right? So why are rates going up? It's because of inflation, right? And there's tons of inflation in the economy right now. The Bank of Canada has increased their interest rates to fight that inflation. And so banks' costs of borrowing have gone up, and thus they need to pass that cost on to borrowers, right? But I think that a lot of people are calling for the economy to cool off for the next little while. In fact, a lot of people are calling for a recession over the next 12 to 18 months. And in a recession scenario, what's going to happen? The Bank of Canada is going to drop their interest rates again, right? And that'll flow through to you know reverse mortgage rates. With a reverse mortgage, it is this is a long game, right? This is a lifetime product. Can't really be thinking about what the rate's going to yeah, be you're this not year, getting next into year. This for one year. This is not a exactly. one year deal. It's like a, exactly. hey, this is my next fifteen year plan kind of thing. Yeah. So one of the things we're talking to a lot of brokers about is, you know, if you have that view, if you think that there's a chance the rates are going to creep up some more over the next twelve months, but if there was a recession, they're going to come back down again. Maybe a good strategy is to put your client into a three-year rate reset reverse mortgage. Basically, what you're going to do there is you're going to hedge against that increase in rates over the next call it year or so. And then, you know, if and when the Bank of Canada cuts rates in a year to fight the recession, your client's going to reset into that lower rate in three years. So maybe that three-year time frame is the right reset term to combat this sort of scenario. Right. What's interesting is right now, mortgage brokers are selling way more variable rates than fixed. And there are two reasons for that. One, the vast majority of mortgage brokers that have been in the business for any amount of time, we've seen this game before. We're like, oh, we know how this movie ends. And you're going to start you know, raising rates until the economy slows down too much. And they're like, oh, crap, we're going to overcorrect. We're going to have to lower them again. And so a lot of the very experienced brokers that I know are really promoting a variable rate because they believe we're going to see an up and then a back down again. That's the kind of the first thought that I have on that. The second thought is because it's actually easier to qualify for a variable rate right now because of the stress test. Like it's a weird... Thing that's happened and so the rule that they put in place is actually making variables easier to qualify for that aside i think that you're right in that i didn't realize that you could actually do a three-year like a rate reset so basically you're saying that i think you're gonna talk about in a second there's no term reverse mortgage but in three years the rates go back down again then they would be able to capture that lower rate essentially yeah so we offer a one three or a five-year rate reset depending on what customers choose right and so you know in this specific scenario if you think that there's going to be you know a rate increase in the near term but then fall and then call it, you know, 12 to 24 to 36 month range, then a three-year rate reset loan would be perfect. What do most people take when they get a reverse mortgage? What is your most people take five. Most people take right. the full five-year because they want as much rate certainty as they can over the life of the mortgage. Right. Okay. All right. So what's the second kind of point about this? Well, I mean, to kind of to the point we just talked about, there is a rate reset on a reverse mortgage, but there's no renewal risk, right? So like there is no maturity on the mortgage until the borrower either passes away or chooses to sell or move. Right. So even though there is a one, three, five year rate reset, we as the lender don't have any opportunity at that time to choose not to renew that mortgage for them. Right. So that's obviously very different than, you know, a private alternative. Right. So this is a lifetime product. This is a set it and forget it product, which is really, really specifically tailored for 55 plus customers. So that's another kind of big advantage of a reverse over other alternatives. I remember back in the last, you know, 2008, 2009, when we had that mini recession, I don't know if it was called a recession, but it was definitely a crisis. And that there's some of these lenders, especially the ones, the more subprime lenders basically got wiped out, right? Because they had a lot of this stuff on their books. And I had clients in these mortgages and they refused to renew them. They were like, your mortgage is a renewal. We are not doing your mortgage, figure it out or we're calling your loan, which is basically like we're going to. And so the great part about what you guys have is that is not even a possibility. Like, yeah. It's because the way your contract is done, you can't say, hey, I want my money back. Whereas some of these other lenders have the option and even private MIC lenders can say, we want our money back because we've got people that we need to pay out and they don't have to renew. They can, but they don't have to. So, all right. So what's kind of the third point you have on this? Yeah. So, I mean, as I mentioned, like our five-year fix right now is around 7%. 
But you know, a seven percent you know reverse mortgage versus a seven percent cash pay mortgage are very very different animals, right? Let's just take for example a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage, seven percent. Let's just say interest only. That's twelve hundred dollars a month out of the client's pocket, right? And then our typical client, let's say, has thirty five hundred dollars of household after tax income. That would leave them with twenty three hundred dollars of free cash flow after that debt service, right? Conversely, if you put them into a 7% reverse mortgage, they're keeping that whole $3,500. So that is literally a 50% increase in monthly free cash flow going with the reverse mortgage versus that, you know, even just an interest only mortgage at 7%. And that is the difference. It's like a fundamental difference between just scraping by and living retirement with some level of financial flexibility, right? So significant, significant advantage, no cash versus cash pay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So Let's put a bow in this. So basically, the whole idea is that when you're looking at a reverse mortgage versus some of these alternative options, you got to do a bit more digging. So maybe just recap for me, if you could. Yeah, just to recap, I mean, you know, even if rates are similar right now, rates on reverse mortgages are not going to stay high forever. We really believe they're going to drop over the next, you know, 18 to 24 month, you know, time frame. And a reverse mortgage is a long game, and you need to be thinking about that sort of long game for your client. Number two is, you know, there's no renewal risk in a reverse mortgage, unlike, you know, basically every other type of mortgage out there, right? So this is a set it and forget it product. It's a long-term product for senior borrowers. And number three is no payment, right? No payment, no cash pay. Huge difference in terms of no payment, know, no problem. Exactly, exactly. Like cash is shirts, no payment, no problem. You know, cash like, is uh, king for cash uh, for anyone. So keep yeah. that cash in their pocket. And especially with the cost of goods, like you know, just gas and everything, like you know, everything is going up. So it's interesting. Okay. So if you guys are listening to this and highly recommend check out Bloom Finance, go to bloomfin.ca. Ben and his team can help you talk about reverse mortgages, come up with a plan for your clients. Guys, as the market continues to shift, you're going to have to start thinking creatively about finding opportunities and deals and solving problems. And I think reverse mortgages are going to continue to expand, especially as cash flow. You know, if you're on a fixed income, just think of that for a second. And your cost of fuel has gone up, your cost of food has gone up and your income is not changing. So this is the kind of product that I think is perfectly suited for our time. And I think you guys are going to have a ton of more growth and opportunity. So reach out to Ben. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Scott. Hey, hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Luke and Ben. A couple quick things. First, if you are a experienced mortgage broker trying to figure out how to get more leads, grow your business, go check out 10loansamonth.com. Number 10, we have an academy with some amazing coaches. We open up a few times a year and you can get on the wait list and then we can let you know when your spot's available and you can get coached on specific strategies to develop more leads. Second, if you are looking for ideas to improve your mortgage business, you want something free, go check out ilovemortgagebrokering.com, set up a free power search account and keyword search all past episodes. Find every instance where keywords mentioned like realtor, first time buyer, financial advisor, accountant, whatever, and then use that to basically help you improve your business. Go check that out. Thanks again for listening to these episodes and I will see you on the next show. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.